you imitate killing yourself and respawning as Kirby? Yeah, that can work. I, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of, I kind of like that. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little grotesque. It's a little brutal, but I kind yeah. of, I kind of like that. Well, it doesn't have to be brutal depending on what you say. Like, you don't have to imitate like a negative quality of his. You could just be like, "Oh God, I'm I'm James. I I don't know how to. Go. I can't I can't play this character." Well, I mean, I wasn't saying the brutal, the brutality would be in saying something mean about James. Uh, it would be more in that um, imi- you're saying that I'm imitating James killing himself to respawn as me, which is it's, which is like a whole nother. No, it's you as James killing yourself to respawn. It's, I don't. You're trapped in the wrong body. No, I, I am. I am uh, not like, actually I, him. I am James, and then I kill myself to respawn as James. Do you think that's the way Mystery Heroes works? How how else is it working? You're, I'm thinking you, that the, it's the always way, the same mind in another body. In, in a narrative form, the way you just described is like you spawn as, uh, you know, Reinhardt, and then you're like, no, I don't want to no, play I Reinhardt, so I'm McCree, and then you jump uh, off a... But, but you were McCree when you jumped off yeah. the wall as Reinhardt, but you were McCree. No, I was... I was Sean. Okay, so then that means I am Ryan, and I am playing as James, and I jump out of bounds. And you don't and, like, you're not comfortable in your body. And die and respawn as Ryan. But 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 not Ryan myself, Ryan the character. Yes. Okay. Who you are playing as, and you're comfortable. Okay, and so... And also, that doesn't work anymore. They took that out. You have to die. To, you can't suicide to respawn. Oh, that's cool. Character. That's actually kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, they took it out. Yeah, no more early, like, oh, God, I got a bad character. I'm jumping off. Yep, we're all trapped. To be fair, though, you should be able to do a Aram-style um, reroll. Like, if you start... Because you can start the game just like, oh, everyone is just miserable. Like, our, this team composition is nothing. You should be able to do that. Six Symmetra. Sounds good, though. I mean, there's a way to make it work. There's a... There's a way to make it work theoretically in your head, and you're like, oh, yeah, we all put down things, and we're all running around and beaming people down, and yeah, and that, no, that's not how that works. They should let you attach her sentry turrets to other characters. That would be wild. Be fucking crazy. That would be a wild. Put, like, six sentry turrets on Reinhardt so that yeah. so his the, the beam is beaming through the shield, and people yeah. can't shoot him or the, the turrets. Or on Winston, and he dives in, and then... <laughs> Oh, that would be insane. Yeah, it would. That is bonkers. Or you can put them on enemies, and then they don't attack the enemy that they're placed on, but they laser around on their teammates. Yeah, and then the enemy's got to shoot, and suddenly friendly fire is turned on, and they're shooting at this teammate, and he's like, no! Oh, man, we better we better finish this conversation quick. Recess is almost over. Or what are you talking about? I don't know. I just, I feel like I was, I, I was like being like a little kid, like... Like, <laughs> this, is <crazy. laughs> this is literally what I did all day with Wait, my friends on. all the time when I was a child, which is just like, um, make up. like, well, what if this happened? Like, you know, like, so, hold, what if hold we on. broke the rules? Hold on. Yeah. In this, so in this, uh, stay, bear with me here. You, yeah. you are baby. You are uh, baby, baby Sean, Sean. And then you, yeah. you start out as, let's say, Josh Mac, the smooth Mac. And then you 
die to respawn, but it doesn't work. So then you go and into the fray and purposely get yourself killed to respawn yeah. as as old punished Sean. And then at the but then now it's the end of recess recess and you are child Sean and I am child Kirby. Um, and that is the the beginning of the podcast is we we run in. They say they say children's come in. It's the recess over. And then we run in. And when we get back inside, it's uh, lunchtime, and now lunchtime begins. WTDG podcast for the week of uh, April the twelfth. Be with you. Yeah, and this is tech. We're in technology class. We're learning how to podcast today. Fun. Wow. So here we are. Um, I'm just gonna. How's this for my microphone distance? I've been recording. Okay, but how is it right now? Because I just uh, moved it. Uh, satisfying and crunchy. I like to tr- pretend that the microphone is the ear of one of my favorite listeners. And I'm whispering all of the secrets of the weekly podcast right to them. Did uh, James tell you that we have a listener in Russia? He did not. How did he figure that out? I don't know. It must have been somebody at the RSS feed. I don't know if we got like an email or a tweet or something. I mean, if it's a tweet, then it's probably not even a real person in Russia. It's a bot in Russia, which is weird because it would be like a Russian bot is saying that they're listening to the podcast or something. Um, but they are in fact a Russian, but they are, I guess it's, I guess it kind of goes along. So the Russian bot well, is a human being played by a Russian. Wait, hold on. But, but then it would just be like an algorithm that listens to the podcast. So you think all of our different listeners are just one mystery hero? Yeah. Who dot who and every week our podcast kills them and they respawn as a new listener? Well, there's like the Yaganish, and the Yaganish is obviously Hanzo, but he's a very good Hanzo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's Hanzo on defense. But he gets headshots. That's the thing. Is yeah, it we're does. none of it no one is angry at Yaganish they say they say it's okay to stay on. Please stay on Hanzo. Protect the Hanzo. Don't let him die in Mystery Heroes. Because if he dies, he becomes Robert. Becomes Robert, the, the, but that, the robot. But then that's who Robert, Robert was. Is well, a Robert robot. is Arissa. Robert is a Rob- Russian robot whose name barely hides the fact. Yeah. It's, I mean. It's Rupert. That, that is really, when you get down to it, um, one of the secrets is that all Roberts are, in fact, robots because they're maybe the child died in conception. This is a horrible sentence, I'm saying. And uh, instead, the hospital felt bad. So they gave back the robot child and they said, you will have to keep this horrible secret. But there is one thing that you must do so that we know the, the robots from the humans. This child, this this animatron will be named Robert, because it's robot, and so Robert. and so the story of robot the Robert uh, began. God, what would Yaganiski say? You know that when I was growing up with Yaganiski, he was the only person in my class that caught Mew in Pokemon Red. He found and, it underneath the um, the truck, and he's the only person that I've seen get a team kill in Overwatch with one scatter shot. Well, I'm serious. Well, I guess um, it's true what they say about Yogg. Also, Yaganiski had every um, back back in my childhood. The way I remember it was that Yaganiski had a 
uh, binder full of only shiny Charizard. And he, in fact, was so lucky that he basically had a monopoly on shiny Charizard. And he was pulling them left and right to the point where there just weren't shiny Charizards to get. You just couldn't... You, if you think about it, like a shipment comes in, it has X uh, of Pokemon cards. It has X amount of shiny Charizard. The number is infinitely low, as we all know. Um, but the Yogg was hitting the lotto left and right, pulling shiny Charizards like it was nothing. And because of that, there's only X amount. And he was getting so lucky that no one else could be lucky. His luck... Um, because there is a finite amount of shiny shiny Charizard to go around, his luck was, in fact, hampering everyone else's luck. Everyone else was getting shiny Diglett. Oh, that is cute. It's cute, but it's not going to win you a fight. uh, On the playground, who is the hottest boy that has all the the tiny girls surrounding them? Is it the shiny Diglett boy, or or is it the shiny Charizard? Magmar. It's Magmar. It's short pulled all the way up to his chin. Well, you know what I would say is that the in um in in middle school or elementary school, the shiny Charizard boy is the popular boy, but afterwards in life, because they were so popular, um, that's their peak, you know? Like they they blossom early, the shiny Charizard boy. And then right. the shiny Diglett boy is the one that goes into IT and uh, has a good life afterwards. The shiny Diglett boy is Mason all along. Um, he copies himself. Shiny, shiny Diglett boy dies and becomes Mason. But Mason, but but I'm sorry, Mason was shiny Diglett boy uh, to begin with. Hmm. And then he copies himself into three, and he's either three hosts or three listeners. Who's to say? You know, I saw a Pokemon card on the ground outside my apartment a couple days ago. And for some reason, it really stuck out in my mind. I mean, first of all, it stuck out in the pile of garbage that is spread just ever so, like, sweetly across my block. Um, Fresh ground garbage for your pasta, sir. Uh, There was a Pokemon card. When was the last time you saw a Pokemon card? I couldn't believe I was seeing one. And also, it was, like, kind of fresh. Like, it didn't look disgusting. And... Before you ask, it was an energy, and I didn't recognize the color. That's why so it was my garbage. You know, no one played that important. game. Yeah, but I, no one I knew knew how to play. I don't know if it's still popular among kids or anyone. I guess it has to be. Like, it has to be something. Like I mean, I, I would assume that at this point, Pokemon cards are like a like the Smash Brothers version of of Magic. Where there is Ooh, a wait, niche and um, devoted and looked down upon fan base that consumes it heavily, um, and I'm sure that I mean, because because I know I've been on t- I've been on Twitch before, and they do like big Pokemon events where they have like the finals in Pokemon the trading card game, um, and Pokemon really? what? That's a fact, huh? Recently. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I haven't seen any recently, yeah. but they'll do they'll do all the Pokemon stuff. They'll do like Pokemon, you know, Red Blue finals for battling, and Pokemon the uh, the current one, whatever it is, XY, and oh no, no, the new one is Sun Moon, and uh, they in the same events they usually also do a 
TCG uh, tournament. That doesn't make any sense. There's not enough going on in Pokemon for that to be, like, that battle could just take place on, like, a sheet of paper. Is there, I don't know. Maybe I'm being, I'm simplifying it, being rude. It just doesn't seem like Pokemon has a lot going on. I don't know. I mean, like, the the, like the real way it's played is, like, you're, you know, you, you use those elemental cards to, like, I guess, tap them, like, mana to be able to play Pokemon. And then I think you also have to, like, have these evolutions and oh, discard evolutions and stuff like that. I thought you were talking about, I thought you were talking about, um, like, the video game battles, not card battles. I mean, the video game battles are, I would assume the video game battles are actually dumber. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I used to be into that, actually. I have never, I have never once seen anything from the video game battles that would make me believe that there's any real interesting stuff going on. Especially there's in the one v one, holy crap! In the one v one, are you serious? Yeah, there is not. I there is this program. I can't remember the name of it, but it's just a little application that you can get, and you can connect to other players and play them. And you, there's a database of all of the Pokemon all the moves they're able to learn. You can set their stats, but like, you know, only in a, a way that you would be able to do in the game. And then you can battle each other. So it's kind of like a virtual simulated Pokemon. You know, it's not the real Pokemon where you have to collect monsters that become your friends that you bond with and train and you learn about them as you learn about yourself. And they get stronger because you get stronger and you fight with your fists, but you also fight with your heart. This is just <laughs> kind of soulless and it's a virtualization of that. And I played a good amount of that when I was a freshman in college because I had some roommates in my dorm that would actually do like the very deepest methods of training where you like breed Pokemon to have certain moves and certain starting stats and certain um, like what were they? They were like behavioral traits. Yeah. What's the like, the, like affinities? Nature, there, there's the um. They would have IVs, one pass. EVs and IVs. Those were yeah, yeah. Those were inherent. I think inherited and effort values, which were like mani- manipulable stats. And then there were also these things called natures, which were just like a passive um, that that had varying effects from like because doing nothing. To really, being too what could strong. be more fun than constantly? Um, grinding out for hours trying to find one of a type of Pokemon, then finally getting it, and then grinding out for days fighting the same monster so you could raise the EVs to be able to get certain stats when you level up. What could be more fun? It's bad. To be able to finally... Like, it's an insane thing, like... you, You know, we talk about... I think it's always an interesting thing to talk about the, like... the level grind from an MMO because it really doesn't always have anything to do with what you're ultimately doing. It's this weird precursor to what the real true game is and what you're doing. The, the, the things you learn while leveling, the ways to like optimize leveling paths and the ways to like fight these one-on-one tiny PVE monsters, um, don't really, uh, really, you know, give you any of the tools you need when you hit a level cap to be like, oh yeah, I totally know how to do a raid boss, a- and I totally know because like you, you totally throw away all- everything you've kind of learned about 
here is the leveling process and here is questing and he and I'm learning these zones to learn where the enemies are to learn like their drop rates to learn what I need to do to to get them to drop certain things to go back to the quest giver to get experience to level up to do all this kind of stuff and like you th- it's weird that like so many hours are invested in doing that and then you throw that concept away when you hit the level cap and you're like now the game begins and had nothing to do with what i did before yeah pokemon is a little bit like that but it's a worse version it's like a way worse version it's hidden man we're getting deep into this right now this is so irrelevant but yeah, remember last I mean, podcast when the when listeners who are who have reached the sort of insanity threshold uh, made it through the end where there was a forty minute diatribe about Smash Brothers. Like, yes, no one gets there. No one gets Dude, there. Listen to this. I think the interesting message here, and I think Pokemon is a good example, is why do people delight in like i don't want to say mastering why do people delight in having more time spent to uncover like the real thing arcane no not even because like i under in mmos i don't appreciate it but i understand the pride of the grind but in pokemon like you you can't even really show off as easily. And also the stuff that you have to do as part of the optimal grinding is like very, very hidden with very, very minute returns. So like, which don't function to like provide you any benefits within the main game itself, only in a competitive arena. Um, But like the competition is pretty bare and light i mean i don't know how the new games are but i would say that battling in pokemon was kind of like a fun afterthought to the main game like in the past generations so it's weird to think like oh i'm the kind of person who like i know the real pokemon i put in the time for the ivs the evs the natures and the breeding for just the right moves and now I can, like, long pause. Measure because I can't figure because I don't know what you can do after that. You have to find someone who also did that, and now you're both on even ground. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon is instantly more interesting to me if uh, there was an MMO, which like they tried to. I remember there was a fan made version of that, like oh, when, Pokemon Go. When you not that. I mean that's not fan made either, um, but but when you uh, have that right. that open world, it suddenly to me like maybe this just says more about me or whatever. But it suddenly gains value because at the very least, if you went through the process of like catching, grinding something, and then you're walking around and people are able to like inspect you and be like, oh god damn, they got shiny Charizard. Um, right, there's no showing off. Yeah, like also, well, showing off has to be done in person, which is always a weirder thing to have like physical things to show off it's a little bit harder um also in person you would have to go to your pokemon stats and be like do you see that that's 220 special attack normally you can only get 215 i put in the effort to get 220 yeah do you want to battle and then they're like no you have a really strong pokemon and then they would say well i didn't do that so you're just gonna win and then you're like yeah that's how that works right i am 
kid. Yeah, I'm gonna beat you up. Give me that Game Boy. I'm linking up. I'm, you can't stop me. They grab your Game Boy and they force you to link with them. They force you to battle. And then they, they beat you up. You. And they beat you up in the game and in real life. And they say, "Beat it, kid." They they destroy your Pokemon in in a long, like ten minute fight. And they hand you back your Game Boy, and everything is the same. Well, the thing is, in Pokemon, you can never lose if you just don't pick the next option. Ooh. Nice. Stalemate. Stalemate. Uh, Let's just see, like, a Hearthstone that is Pokemon on mobile. There is a Hearthstone expansion that came out, I believe, today. Oh, are you pretending like you don't know? Um, and I'm I'm just not entirely sure, but I believe yes, it is. It did come did out today. On? Did you move on? Um, as hard as possible. Uh, the I didn't buy any of the last expansion, Cobalt and Catacombs, and nor do I plan on buying this expansion. And the fact that I'm like going to be two expansions down, like, really does start to drive the nail into the coffin because that is one of the most unbelievably restrictive expensive games to enjoy and uh like to to even have the fun to even be allowed to have fun i feel like i would have to spend hundreds of dollars right out the gate because i would like previously i would spend like you know 100 or 200 dollars on an expansion to get every single thing i wanted all the legendaries at least base legendaries that weren't like golden or whatever and uh I I don't like I I I had fun like part of the fun I had was the fact that I had everything I wanted so so if suddenly a deck came up that was like oh this is a new deck that people are playing I had like the re- either the cards already or the dust resources to craft that deck and to be behind is like even if I tried to more fungibly get into it even if I tried to just buy uh like a good amount of packs but not like you know, get all the packs, um, I would be so far behind that I would be, like, forced into building what the game randomly allowed me to build, and that those were the, well, those were extremely unfun sentences that I just said out loud. Yeah, I, I, I lost track of everything, of what you were saying. Yeah, I got pushed out of that game pretty fast for some of those reasons having to do with the money and time. Never felt, never felt worth it, but good for people who are still playing, I suppose. Is it? Probably not. It's probably hurting them a little. I, I think a lot of, I like to hear, you know, people talk about, uh, I think a lot of people have that, the sunk cost fallacy, like they put in a certain amount of time and money. And even when expansions just totally suck because Blizzard can't make cards for the most part, and they continue well, not to. can take advantage of your psychology. Yeah, they are very good very... at that. They they are the all time <laughs> they are the all time kings of uh, psychological manipulation by far. And that's Evil all. Corporate. To me, that's really all. Uh, the, because then when I look at like the the Overwatch team or something like that, or the um, Heroes of the Storm Storm team, like those teams aren't aggressive, like Overwatch. You know, they come out with these. They, first of all, they give you every character and every map so like not no single thing in the game to enjoy to have fun is gated behind money after after you you know buy the initial game like nothing like you put that you drop the money on the initial game no single thing is gated and then they come out with these like 
you know, every couple of months they'll come out with a big new thing of like, here's, you know, six new legendary skins. And if you want, you can spend the money or you can spend the time uh, grinding it out. Like if you're really invested, you can probably, uh, you know, if you're if you're already going to spend like a thousand hours a month playing, like, why would you even buy that? Like the best people or the most um, dedicated people kind of get away with getting everything for free anyway. And uh, yeah, so they give you everything up front. And then there's the the Heroes of the Storm team. And I think that they are extremely fair uh, price-wise with their characters, um, you know, releasing characters every two to three weeks. And they're purchasable with the endgame money that you can grind out with the daily quests that are really doable. Do you have any idea how closely connected? I mean, I don't know how you would answer this, but pose the question. Do you know how closely connected the different teams or sub-studios are? I know I that mean, they do they talk a lot. Billing, I, right? I want to say the Overwatch team had like talked to the Diablo team before Overwatch launched as a way of like, how do we create a meaningful player progression? Um, and the Diablo team talked about, you know, doing the different, you know, like, like loot boxes and the different uh, colored gears and stuff like that to like assign a value onto things and, you know, do right. stuff like that. I believe that there was some talk in between teams, but I, I don't think I mean, that like, I could imagine Factor 5 has this closet somewhere where they're just, you know, grinding away on making new, totally, you know, uh, non-innovative, non-inspired, completely uninspired cards to throw into, to dump into a big next expansion. And, you know, they're, they're just making just a, tons of money. I'm sure that at some point they share a boss. You know, there's some point where there's a connection of authority there. It's just funny to think of how different the philosophy is towards um, players. Like, yeah, no, the philosophy of like how to um, monetize the game and what ways the game and the games are very different. Card game versus you know the arena shooter or whatever. Uh, ways to monetize the game and ways to kind of keep people there, like provide the fun basically just very different like hearthstone is a lot it's a lot nastier it takes more money but it also takes more blood and i feel like you've given enough blood lately that's true yeah how's that going um are you feeling better yeah i'm feeling better i had a i i did have a horrible day yesterday not like like it, it was just one of the saddest days because i only have the four days off but it really only means three and I drank a lot on Tuesday. Had a blast. Um, my oh, really? my my uh, long term committed partner Priya came over, and wow, you stuck to that. I know. Thank you. I, I commit to the bit. <laughs> You're I, LTCP. I, I commit to the bit because I, I'm. You know, I'm, I, you, why does that surprise you? I'm someone who starts every podcast with truly one because of the most awful and grating jokes that I've been doing for like almost a year now. We're almost actually coming up to May the fifth be with oh you. Oh my God! What are we gonna do? May the fourth. May the fourth. May the fourth. Dude, why you blew it? I, do, I know. I don't. I don't even know the original joke. I'm not here for that. I'm. I'm not here for the original joke. I'm here to capitalize. I can't wait I'm the post the joke. I'm the post I joke. Hope, 
I hope we bust that one out. The one year anniversary. May the fifth be with you. Oh, that, that <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we'll miss it. Uh, yeah, we, I'll bring in all likelihood we will miss it. We will miss it. I'll, I'll sip one down for you. I'll pour one out too. <clears throat> um, but I had a I had a blast. I had a so LTCP came over and uh, I played a the second round of Charterstone. Uh, out to the second out of 12 full rounds of Charterstone, which is a um, legacy-style board game. Legacy meaning uh, you basically... Um, uh, your choices affect the... Yeah, it's like a legacy campaign. I think legacy also usually refers to the fact that you are, like, um, changing aspects about the game that can never be unchanged. Like, you are affixing stickers and writing things on cards and ripping things and revealing secrets that were locked in the beginning and uh over time the game becomes this uh bizarre like uh you know mate like puzzle of itself that you put together in a way that no one else could possibly have done and uh it's a really phenomenal game like i am i am just straight in love with charterstone but anyway like we sat around the table my mom my sister my ltcp playing this game and drinking heavily uh so i woke up pretty um i woke up late i woke up at like one o'clock uh on Whoa. on wednesday for a, a 215 blood donate uh platelet donation which i'm like hooked up i i had a, a high amount of platelets so i was hooked up for like two and a half hours to this machine and when i got home i wanted to take a nap to get ready for the podcast and instead i took a nap that destroyed the podcast by sleeping through all my alarms and then i woke up at like nine so i got home at like six ish and i wanted to take like an hour and a half sleep for 7 30 podcast and i woke up at nine so that's an insane day. Like I woke up late at one, hungover, feeling bad, had an hour to myself to, to like mentally prepare to sit around on a platelet machine, came home, went to sleep, woke up at nine and was like, well, there's the day. There's one of my days this week, completely gone, slept yeah, away. You, yeah, you borrowed a little bit of uh, the day after with your drinking and then you gave what you had left away to the good people out there. Who want yeah. your platelets, man? You are, you are the most, you're the strongest blood mage that I know. I, you know, terrifying. I'm, pa- I, I, I've gotten a card that gives me, I'm past gallon donor, the gallon club. What do you get? Um, you get a, a uh, I got myself a hundred dollar Amazon gift card recently. Whoa, they give you money. Yeah, they give you like uh, gift cards and prizes and stuff. You can buy video games, but I, I own all those video games. Like I'm gonna buy you mean you can buy video games you can buy anything with a gift card yeah but there's also video games on the website they have like a blood donors e-shop yeah they have a blood donor e-shop you use your blood money. wait wait they have wait so it's the way that like you would collect like upcs off of cereal boxes and you would accumulate points and then you could go on the company's website and trade those in for like a, a ball yeah, yeah, it's exactly you're right, but it's it's or it's uh they bleed you so dry funny. and then they give you points for how much they bleed you. So every bag wow, of platelets is worth a little economy. Every bag of platelets I is worth like a set amount. So you want to you want to roll high. Like it depends they have on your... gamified the blood donation, which is like your ultimate thrill. <laughs> yeah, this I mean like, I mean literally I mean, the peak of your this is like 
for I feel like for you, this is almost I don't know. It's like almost a fetishization of this or something. It's like it is like the the hardest drug. It is the it is the most risk reward gamification of anything that you could do, which is you donate your own life force for points in progress. You get these yeah. perks. You get you have you're like you're in a tier. It's a life system. There's, there's probably like a ladder. Is there a ladder ranking? Yes, there is a ladder ranking. Jeez, <laughs> really? Yeah, they're, they is have they have there? a giant they have a giant poster board that has in order of like all time lifetime donations for platelets. So I want to get on that at some point. But I believe the first uh, milestone that you actually get your name on that is like seventy. So I'm not. I, I think I'm like twenty or thirty in. But wow. Um, I mean, obviously, you get some. You know, you get some good feeling, or you, you feel like you've done the right thing by doing this. You know, you're you're being helpful. You're being a good citizen. You're contributing something that a lot of people would have a hard time contributing, and that is very valuable and very very important. And that's just awesome that you do that. But ignoring that, if you can, how do you feel that the blood donation economy compares in its like time and effort uh, spent and then rewards given? Like, is there is it a good proportion? Like, no. are we talking like Overwatch or are we talking like Hearthstone? Um, we're talking more like Hearthstone because I because I'm wow. like I, I really have done like you know twenty donations or something maybe less than that maybe I'm maybe maybe when I pulled out the blood money uh, and exchanged it for Amazon points uh, it was more like fifteen or so but if you think about it you're on the machine for hours and you can't move and it's a weird feeling and it's uncomfortable obviously you got a needle in you um, over time the blood that comes back is like cold so you can feel it differently where it is in your body than God, your dude, other blood I, and that is so and crazy. Uh, and when you uh as it goes on for a long time you just start to feel all the blood but do uh, not like this not a fan yeah i, I mean how you do it. i mean this is this is why uh this is partially why i do it it's not really like necessarily like i it's something that like oh it makes me feel good it it is a uh it is it is hand holding in my mind. It is one in the same with my profession. It's like I want to be. I, I'm an EMT. I want to be maybe a medic soon, or a nurse, or something, or a PA, uh, like all time dream PA or something. And I mean, what part, you are is a what you are is a mystery hero. Yeah, but uh, part of that, I assume, I I feel like is like, well, here's a way to to help people in the paint is my EMT. And then when I want to help people off court, I go to the blood donation and it's a way that it, like, it makes sense. It's like, it makes sense from like a logical standpoint that like, if my life goals are, uh, medically helping people, then probably giving my blood is like something that, that feels like I should do. And it also at the same time feels like, cause there's nothing, nothing against you at all. Um, like I don't say this in like I'm a better person or or whatever. There are a lot of people who can't donate blood for many different reasons. Like my mom is anemic, uh, typically, so she has like low iron, which means that she can't usually do blood donations, um, stuff like that. There's people if you've gotten a tattoo or a piercing, you're locked out of donations for a year. Any history of like uh, HIV, Hep, Hep C or B or whatever, for you're a locked year out from a tattoo or a piercing. Is that um, a precaution or is there like a 
absolute like something happens you can um they absolutely lock you out of it i think it's more of a precaution because they can at the end of a, a year i assume like like the manifestation of hiv or or any other uh bloodborne diseases or something like that would probably well, have from- appeared so, so because would- of the needle risk yeah oh, okay um, and, and then there's, and then, yeah, like, like doing heroin, stuff like that locks you out. So there's many of reasons you're locked out, but then there's also people who are like, wouldn't want to do it. There's people like you that are, you know, physically and, and impossibly uncomfortable with the concept. So like you couldn't really do it. And that's more of like a innate yeah. trait of yours. And it's not a thing that you can really help. It's a phobia mm-hmm. that is like, I think very legitimate and, uh, yeah, you... I could work on it, like, if I put in a lot of time and money and, like, entered myself in a professional setting to work on it. I, I think the point is, but like, someone terrifying. has to do it. And, like, pe- yeah, you have to, to have people who do it. So if I if I don't, like, grumble and go do it and feel like shit afterwards, then someone else won't grumble and feel like shit and go do it afterwards. Like, you, you only make positive changes by grinding it out like like so many pokemon evs you know yeah wow that's amazing um but the rewards aren't good huh so you spent all your points like do you have any points left or you spent them all on the gift card i spent them all on a hundred dollar gift card okay i feel like man i got a suggestion for these guys you say you got you got the machine right there's like stats on it or there's like a little monitor yeah i want to see like each time you know the ten, like every tenth uh, blood drop that leaves you. I want to see a little ticket come out of the machine to encourage you. Oh yeah, so you feel it's more, um, it's less like out. arcane. It's less you know ethereal that you're that you're getting these money monetary rewards. Yeah, yeah what is this? Points on a screen. Back in my day, I, I was awarded with tickets. <laughs> a Chuck E. Cheese ticket, and then I you go and then you go up front to a man behind a desk. I wore those tickets like a sash. And then you get a ball. Yeah, and I traded them for one of those little rubber poppers that you push down, and then you put on the floor, and then you run away and cover your ears, and it thump, pops back up, like, three feet even. Like, like, three feet even? Dang. Heck, that's a hella big, big mount. Yep. Ooh. Wow. So, congratulations on donating blood. That is just too funny that there's a ladder. I hope to see you up in there in Challenger someday. Yeah, I know. But, um... God, I have more questions about this, but I guess it's not really podcast related. I'm so like, I'm so high ranked in, in DBZ fighters, and I hope to be as good at donating blood as I am at uh, beating people in the Dragon Ball universe. It, do you have a quick answer for this question? You are blood is leaving your body, but it gets replenished when you do platelets. Blood, yeah, you're wait. What do you mean? When, when you, you when you, if you do whole blood, obviously no. But if you do platelets or plasma, then you get your you blood mean, back. Obviously no. What do you mean? If you do whole blood, you lose everything. It's the whole blood. Right. Okay. Okay. So in that case, like you've given a certain amount, and then okay, you're done. You just have less in you until your body makes more. For um, I mean, for platelets, like technically platelet, like I've seen people pass out from giving platelets, but. Technically, platelets shouldn't make you that woozy because you're not really losing. You're losing platelets, so you lose. So, so more than anything, you're losing like a, the platelet aggregation factor. Like if you like, for example, if I got a cut right away, or you know when they pull the the needle out, um, I should technically 
bleed a little bit more than I would because I have less platelets. But I don't know if it, the, the amount of platelet loss is so much so that, like, in cuts or scrapes, like, you're going to not have a good amount of clot. Let me clot. clarify. Let me what? clarify. Let me clarify my question. I have I have 10 blood and you have 10 blood. You go give give some away. Now you have eight. When do you get back to 10? Um, I think uh, platelet donations, they allow for one week. And I think uh, whole blood, they allow for two weeks. So I think that it's this, like... This by, is a biology lesson. By two I don't weeks, understand, you would I don't have. understand how you get new blood. But like I always have mine, and I don't give any away. You don't. But it gets your bones recycled. make blood. Mine gets recycled, whereas yours just gets depleted, and then your body's like, "Oh, we can't, we can't be recycling. We actually got to create some right now." I think you. I mean, you, re- you by recycling have to create new ones. Like blood doesn't stay in your body infinitely. You, you do like have cells that die that you know go out in your waist or in your sweat oh, okay. and then your 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 bones make new cells i really appreciate this this ap biology lesson because you know, you know what was interesting before. um i i will I forever it's amazing i will forever I mean? find this interesting um uh i had a patient that got a bone graft uh like a new bone put in like a fake bone i believe um and one of the things that could confuse oh, me about funny bones, huh? Yeah, funny bone. Bones. One of the, one of the things that confused me about that was like, do I? I asked the patient, like, wait, do they um, hook up your bones to all the like veins and arteries that run through bones? And the patient was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, like looking down <laughs> on me, they were like, they were like, there's no veins in your. What are you talking Dude, people about? People do not understand what bodies are like, including myself. Uh, but. But I, I, it was weird because, like, I was the medical professional in this situation, and I felt dumb, and I was like, um, uh, 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 I, I, th- I thought there was uh, 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 veins in your, in your, in your bones, um, because your, your, your bones make your, your blood, like, you, like inside of your bones, the marrow creates your, your blood, and the, the components of your blood, at least. Uh, so uh, they were like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about, and then I had to look it up later, and. And I, I even asked the, my friend uh, and uh, uh, non-long-term committed partner, um, uh, partner work partner, um, Austin, <laughs> who is becoming a PA. I asked him, like, do well, bones might ha- be long-term committed, just do in bones a have veins way. in them? And he was like, I don't think so. But I had to look it up. And yet, I mean, obviously, it's living tissue, so it needs to have veins in right. it. Yeah. Um, I wonder how that works. I, I mean, I would imagine in my very amateur asking these questions, probably if your body accepts the new bone, then it's like a root system of trees. I mean, nature imitates nature, they say. Life imitates art. Veins probably just start creeping in. They start forming. They just start like connecting. vines. It's like so many vines away. on a beautiful like, dilapidated building. Yeah, or like rivers, you know, seeking the ocean, trying to reconnect. That's wonderful. Dude, isn't it funny when someone asks you a question that like just totally makes you question your own knowledge yeah i mean i mean i i I am someone that like you can easily hit me with something where where it's like well how do how do colors um like why are things colored and i would say and i would say because it's the the sun's light reflecting off of a surface that um, uh, absorbs a certain amount a certain certain types of rays but it bounces off 
other rays. So something is green because it it absorbs, you know, certain other colors. It and it absorbs, you know, what it like absorbs reds maybe. Dude, you and are it's our like the blues and teacher. yellows. What? You are the best science teacher that I've ever had. But then someone but then someone would be able to tell me like like what are you talking about? Things are just that color. And then I'd be like, "What well, uh what really? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I guess you get you get so you reach a point where you feel like your knowledge is so specific that you're trapped in it and you can't explain further. Yeah, someone could hit me with some confusing thing about anything yeah, and just even though I think I know. Um, Dude, I, I experience that in mundane levels working in a service job where people ask you questions that are so stupid and inane that you just you start to get skeptical. What is cheese? About, like, you get skeptical about like your experience of reality. Because you're like, wait, I mean, just wait, could, wait, what do you? Say? You know, it'd be a good, you know, it'd be a good question along these lines. Someone comes up to you and they're like, "So this cheese is, you know, bacteria. If I put it in like a cave or a cave-like environment, a damp, wet, uh, dark place, would this cheese grow?" And then you'd be like, "Ooh, whoa!" I, yeah, I would be like, "Well, I, I mean, it would grow. Something would grow. It wouldn't <laughs> increase in size. It wouldn't become more cheese." It might become cheesier. Um, Why yeah, would it not I don't know. People cheese, ask, I, feel like, I feel like nutrition questions are really uh, relevant in like Whole Foods, where people ask questions like that. Like when people hit you with stuff about like gluten free, like, well, I'm looking for a cheese that I'm looking for a cheese that has no gluten, and my thought is like, well, cheese doesn't have wheat in it, so it's like there's no gluten in it. It's just milk and salt, and then I and then I say, oh, most like all cheeses are gluten free, and then they're like, no. No, that's not true. Find me someone who knows what they're talking about. And then I'm like, oh God, I, I guess I don't actually know. I mean, I, I, I don't have like a presentation ready. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I that, that's ha- a I good example. Have, like, I didn't, I don't have a textbook. I can't open up a book. I don't know. I, God, I should we read the ingredients together? Should I start googling? And then yeah, that always inspires like, oh, confidence yeah, in like a customer it's... or a, or you know. <laughs> <laughs> a, a um a figure of knowledge when they're like yeah. then they're like great ant great question i'm gonna google and we'll sit here quietly while i get on my phone oh i mean i've done that before it's helpful friendly I, if i were you i'd be like can you hit me with the 10 latest most reputable studies that show that gluten affects people who ha- who don't have a gluten allergy wow they would not be able to they'd be like well we, well gluten's just bad for you and i'd be like is it and then I and then I would think, oh God, is it? And I would think, and then I would think about my lunch and the bread that I had been eating all day, my bread sandwiches. Yeah, um, bread sandwich, dude. You know what's crazy? You are giving life, but as a blood mage, you would be condemned back in the day. As a witch, yes, you are. Blood magic is strangely powerful i wonder if there's a segue in here um there is um because i feel like you are playing a new board game yeah go go on you you didn't you didn't link those two at all and you know what is a per you know it's a really really beautiful color blood red blood red is permanent hard to wash off very good for painting uh, figurines miniatures my my cloak my mage's cloak of blood red is literal i painted that shit with my own blood so 
I like to, I like, if I, if I defeat someone in a miniature based board game, like a friend, I will, I will seriously not let them go home for the night until I get a little nick on their finger and I dip my figure's sword in a drop of their blood. That is brilliant. There's something cool about that. You are mine now. I say you are mine now. You know, the, the miniatures that I'm doing for legacy yeah that that is a legacy board game right there the you know, the miniatures i am i am building right now for the probably the most expensive board game on the market kingdom death monster um Dude, oh stop you that's not a real title kingdom death monster kingdom death monster Colon monster those every that is <laughs> that is the most word bank title that I have ever heard, and I swear I've said those words before, but this time I mean it. We've got. I mean, a it's new like a metal. It's a metal band name, Kingdom Death. Just it's word bank gibberish. Kingdom I mean, not really. Death. I'm not really when you know what the game is about. But anyway, the the miniatures that I'm building right now for that, uh, which by the way, yes, it, all the miniatures don't come complete. They're in these little sprues, which are those, you know, gu- if you're thinking of like, I've never knew the word for this, um, but if you think of like a Gundam model kit building thing, you know how they come in that like, like a oh, sheet. Oh, that's an of, easy thing for me to think about. A sheet of plastic. Well, any, you know, like think of like a now sheet I of relate. plastic with all the parts. I'll sh- I could show you a picture of it, but whatever. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a... I did a model spaceship um, when I was like pretty young. You pop out the plastic pieces. It's like a 3D puzzle with yeah. glue. Yeah. Fun glue. Um, uh, so the miniatures that I'm building for this, uh, I, I think it actually would be insane and probably not healthy from a from any point uh, stand point of standard or anything. But uh, it'd be crazy if when these miniatures die in the game, I cut like like whoever whoever is playing that miniature and is tied to that miniature at the time cuts their finger and then puts a blood stamp on their base on the base of the miniature. Oh, dude, that would be so sweet. That or would they be just too cool. What if they put one drop into like a little vial and then you your character wore that around their neck or you did, and you had like a jewelry of like. Your defeated enemies like a trophy or oh, be defeated people but um yeah K- kingdom death is an insane game for insane people of which now i am one and it is a sprawling campaign thing where you basically wake up as these four survivors and they know nothing they don't know languages they don't know uh any way to communicate or you know you know, make fire or or cook or do anything or fend for themselves, kind of. And then this, like they're, and, they're and they're they, for you. and they are in this um, uh, massive, endless, dark abyss, uh, and the ground is covered in bones and skulls. And they wake up, and the first thing that basically happens is that a massive white lion attacks them and murders a bunch of them. But four of them gather together and using. Uh, shards of the bones uh, you your the first fight is an attempt to kill a white lion and after you do that so begins the game you harvest the white lion's body for resources find an area to hunker down and the game is half settlement uh, like civilization building and half um, DP D&D kind of like uh, but not really like dungeon crawl more just like these massive boss fights like almost like these dark solian boss fights that are 
uh, punishing and hard and get your survivors killed and lose you progress and stuff like that. And then when you beat stuff, you go back to the settlement, your survivors uh, start to try and piece things together. They start to try and form their own language. They they uh, bang skulls on, on uh, or bang like bones on skulls and hear, you know, is that music? And then they start to, over time, develop a sense of culture and music and they repopulate and, uh, you know, uh, delegate tasks wow. and create. Uh, and you are, so you are half the time... This- Creating. This is like a, this is a fantasy battling gauntlet mixed with like a sped up experience of human intellectual and like social societal revo- um, evolution. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because I've seen some people play and no one will really get the same thing. The same thing because your your survivors when they're fighting, you know, you're getting a random amount of, like, resources, and you're going to be able to build, you know, new shops or new things based off of these resources, and when you go back, you'll also, you know, be inspired by different things and go in different directions with, like, my survival group got really interested in art. They were painting blood on themselves, and then they thought, like, can we replicate this and make paint in a different way? So now they're doing this war paint thing, and they're becoming this warlike tribe that is, like, playing music and painting themselves in blood and making bone weaponry and stuff like that. But you're also making, like, with the group that you're playing with, you're making these larger, uh, sometimes grotesque choices of, like, if someone dies, do we do we revere the dead? Do we bury the body? Or do we, you know, we're in this harsh climate. Do we, you know, hack up the corpse and consume it and use the the pieces for uh, new equipment? Like, you know, like skin the bodies and create human leather and stuff like that. Like, do oh, you want man. to, to yes. like go down do what rabbit holes and you're, you're slowly building this bizarre, do, do like, you're asked questions of like when a parent has a child do the does the settlement raise the child up and protect the child and you know like nurture them and teach them or is it a more warlike thing where it's like you are weak so you don't earn any respect yet the child is like kicked around and beaten to be stronger and is like trained to be a warrior the sparta versus athens kind of thing where it's like do we do we value yeah um like so cer- certain things that you like statute of limitations is when something that happened that might be against the law or be yeah, like yeah has 7 years uh, statute of limitations for non yeah uh, so like, like if i get a, like if i do something a crime nonviolent you said um i believe that there I, th- there is a thing cuz if you like you uh, have to be sneakier if, if you it's murder violent, someone you then then you can be be caught for it like any amount of years but i believe like like non-violent things like i want to say like bank robberies like i think you could be in i I believe the way it works i've always wanted to like you know test the limitations of the law but um, uh, not myself but like i think it i think it's interesting to think that like a people could pull off this insane bank heist and then seven years goes by and then they could say like yeah this is how we did it and i totally did it and here's the money like i wonder like cool how the law would would look on that and be like, yep, you did it. You got away with it. Yeah, I should start writing down all of the minor illegal acts that I perform. And then seven years later, just sending them right over to the police station with an official stamp. On, like, on, hey, uh, on April the 4th be with you, I totally hit a douche bowl. 
seven years ago, I rode my bike drunk and I peed outside. What's up? Um, um, these the are the kind of questions we have to ask because... the, the settlement is, is when, when the survivors wait. drink, will they allow themselves to pee outside or do they exactly. revere the pee? Yeah, wait, no, they should revere themselves and their cleanliness, not the pee itself. That's the wrong direction. They hold there's the pee up. They drink the pee. People. There's something wrong with your Oh, they've discovered piss jugs <laughs> so early. <laughs> they've, they, they've discovered I trucker have... bombs. The survivors are all peeing in Poland spring bottles and tossing <laughs> them into the abyss. I thought that was something we developed recently as a way to stay in our bedrooms or our cars or, you know, hide or whatever, hide and recluse. Um, okay. The reason why I asked is because I was just wondering, I was like, man, human leather. That's crazy. I've seen that in games and in horror movies. I wonder if any human leather really exists. Oh, it probably does, but it's like a serial killer, a serial killers trophy that is either like, you know, it's like probably like still protected as evidence or it's, you know, it's not available for purchase is what I'm saying. And I was like, man, if I was at like an antique store or like a vintage shop, and there was like a scrap of human leather. I would kind of want that. Wow, that's dark. But maybe I maybe as someone who purchased Kingdom Death, I can't really shame you for it. And I'm wondering, like, is that illegal? Because like it probably is. But what probably if it's illegal like, to oh. sell the good, sell it as a good, right? Like, yeah, but it's like, oh, what if it's old? Like, dude, it's from like 1980. Then it's probably worth a crap ton of money. It's probably worth a big heckin'. Yeah. Even if it's just a little scrap, though, a little piece. Like a six by six? I don't know. I don't know. These are the kind of questions we need the yoga for. Like so, do you have any? Kinda... Do you have any questions regarding this? Because I think I, I think um, I actually explained it pretty well. But the the miniature aspect of it is insane. I think one one thing that drew me to it is this hobby level of miniature aspect. Seeing like, could I put together the pieces? It turns out actually yes. Weirdly enough, but I do have questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, why did the pieces come in? pieces why did the miniatures come in pieces just um, for fun to, as an activity for you just before you play or is there a level of customization there or? is thank you for asking me um okay uh yes yes uh well first of all there is so many miniatures that uh for them to come together i think would be would make the box like much 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 larger to the point of it being so this like is what? Well, this is for convenience then and cost. This yeah, but, it's, a, but it also is a hobby aspect of like being able grind. to put these things together. I mean, I already had this this kind of spark of like as I'm putting together the first boss, the White Lion, and putting together the the initial starting four survivors. There was this interest, interesting thing, knowing all the horrible things, the ailments, the diseases, the uh, beheadings, the uh, disfigurations, the horrible things, or the good things like being one survivor, you know having an idea like, hey, what if uh, we break the lantern open and then there's fire in there? What if we start smithing or cooking or something? Like knowing the the uh, road ahead, the roguelike style road ahead, I did have this thought to myself as I'm building these characters of like, what will happen to them? What will they be named? Ooh, like, will they, that's cool. will they survive? Will they... Will they be a, am I creating a, a legendary survivor here that like gets this lucky role at some point and, you know, you know, literally, uh, as you can do, like tears the lion's balls off 
And this is, a, this is like a veritable character creator. And like, I know that character creation in RPGs takes me a really long time because I am overthinking the way that they are going to look and behave and all of that stuff. And yeah. you kind of, you get intimate with what you're like, especially you got your hands right on them. Yeah, so the game starts with these four starting basically naked survivors that are just in like loincloths and um over time by beating bosses. What? Did they find cloth? Um I think that they, they just appeared naked. with it. No, they but, should be naked. But um well some of the women are. There is a lot of uh tits oh, and death. This is a very metal naked. I, I don't know if it's like are there a, penises in a, this game. What? Penises? Yeah. Uh, the lion itself has a wanger do and some balls. Is it a separate piece optional? No. Oh, uh, it's mandatory. A mandatory wanger do, and um, uh, the the women. One of the one of the starting women is uh, topless. Hmm. But anyway, well, I mean that's nature for you. I was just making sure it was fair. You know, I got to get some dicks in there if there's going to be boobs. I don't, I don't want to feel outnumbered. Oh yeah, you got some hard bodied males with some some big Hank and Johnsons, but um, good. But uh, the as I was talking before, like when you're defeating these things, like let's say you're defeating the white lion and and monster hunter style, you're defeating it over and over and over again. You're you're getting a lot of resources from it. You're harvesting the bones, the the main, all this kind of stuff. Uh, you can build a catarium, uh, which is a shop that uh, a a work uh, shop that will allow you to craft from the lion. So over time, you may have a survivor that is completely clothed in the, you know, armor and uh, using a bone femur sword from the lion. And there is a survivor set of these sprues, of these, like, plastic, you know, make-your-own-things for all four different types of survivors um, for having any type of armor or weaponry so you could very there is a um a customization aspect and it gets to the point where like some of the most insane people i will never do this uh have have uh glued on like magnetized little like tiny magnets into the survivor equipment so that when their survivors like oh yeah i just got the um the uh white lion's uh helmet uh, they would literally be able to like magnetize the white lines helmet onto their minis. And then it's like, well, now I got a new sword. They magnetize the new sword onto the mini, but then they lose that sword or get a, a spear. And then they, they take it off and they find the actual physical spear in the, the game, uh, in these sprues and, you know, remake the survivor with the equipment that they currently yeah, have. That. that is a level of insanity that I have not reached, but. And that that is such attention to detail that we expect from video games, but to think of it in a physical form, just coming all the pieces in a box, that's crazy. That's that's impressive. So that makes me wonder. Um, first of all, how well where you heard about this game online or something? Oh uh, yeah, it is like one of the big big ones uh, on BoardGameGeek.com, which was the original thing oh, that made okay. me buy Gloomhaven, which is not on the back uh, end by any means. Uh, still loving Gloomhaven to death, uh, and kind of only scratching the surface with the secrets of that game. Um, Gloomhaven is the number one rated board game of all time, according to that website. And I agree with that. I agree that it's probably going to end up being a better game than Kingdom Death, but Kingdom Death is like number seven, maybe lower than that, number four or something. Yeah, cool. So- and that was one of, so that like, like owning some of the more insane pieces of that 
all-time list and trying those out uh, firsthand was interesting to me. And uh, I really just got on a roll with like, uh, I've been watching a lot of playthroughs of different um, board games and the Kingdom Death playthrough really like the blood because I really like that like Bloodborne style hopelessness the 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 idea of these four survivors only lit by lantern light waking up in this endless abyss covered in bones like finding their way from nothing to something like slowly learning languages and developing personalities and developing diseases and horrible disfigurations but like just doing whatever they can to survive and being this like shepherd for them and seeing what random horrors or or you know uh uh boons like befall them and i was i've been watching a playthrough uh uh i think that they call the podcast the podcast podcast channel is called beasts of war or something like that so these three people are playing kingdom death and they're on like the seventh year in kingdom death and uh, that i'm at uh they they have more than that uh but i've been watching them and like you know just the the constant narratives that the game is creating uh, are insane like the the idea of like this survivor just keeps getting lucky it, it it's the same kind of thing you sometimes get that that i it's like a more insane version physical version of the feeling i got when i played the only uh fire emblem game i ever liked i can't remember the name of it um wow. uh fire emblem start with an r or something but uh Base. uh uh the you over t- or like something in Pokemon, right? We we're talking about Pokemon, like okay. something over time where it's like you're on the final uh, bo- uh, uh, Pokemon of a gym trainer and like the- it's hopeless and you got your weakest character out, your weakest Pokemon out and the rest of the team is dead. And you're like, I'm surely going to faint. And the and no, for- but then you shout, you can do it. Yeah, and then and then somehow against all odds, like that, you know, weak Pokemon uh, scraps through and gets lucky and crits, and like the the boss misses, and then the Pokemon crits again, and it's like from then on, and then like they get this big ass chunk of experience, and they get stronger, and now they're strong equally as like your other Pokemon, and they have, and you 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 have this story that like over time attributes like a a false personality to it and i think that's one of the things that really drew me to it is like this idea of like starting out with these survivors and then like one loses their hand but they go mad and they become this berserker that is like you know invaluable in fights and like but like forever it's like oh i wish they never lost their hand early on because they're really doing so well but now they can't equip two weapons and they can't equip two-handed weapons and but they're insane they're just you know going at the boss and then you dice roll and it's like oh a lucky roll again this character just you know you know gets through in the end and crushes the thing's windpipe and all the stories that can kind of come from it in the same way that it's like a that like gloomhaven is this handheld uh uh this not handheld but like hand-holding dnd created by a master storyteller isaac childrez this is like also a uh vehicle for narratives you know like a vehicle for these the player's input is it a pretty good um, is it a pretty good amount of guided narrative mixed with your own choices oh yeah oh yeah could you give me like just a rough percentage on things things that happen that are scripted versus things that happen that are not outside Um, of like combat obviously or like well the combat itself is like interestingly scripted half not scripted um you are basically uh rolling to attack 
um, and you you draw from this random this shuffled deck that tells you where what lot of random yeah there is there is a random there is a high amount of random the game is meant to also be more punishing i think gloomhaven is the one where i would look at to say like there is not that much random and you are your player skill uh factors in largely to that game and this game is like there is a lot of dice rolling in random but you but the the aspects that are more intelligent are the uh, settlement phase when you're deciding like which directions your survivors are going to go in for personality and culture and all these kind of things and then when you go to the fights it is kind of a dark souls-esque thing where the bosses have these unbelievable things where it's like well one of the cards in their deck they just murder you if you're in front of them and because you know that like if that ever happens like it murders a survivor and it's like we took a big toll so now the next time we fight him we know like the aoe's and where the bosses like ai kind of uh makes it what it makes it do and we can start to strategize around that better so then at that part like you're going into these fights kind of um uh completely blind and figuring out like what the boss decks have in them and those themselves are actually um randomized before combat so fighting the same enemies multiple times uh they will have different sets of attacks but you will slowly like learn like here's the more common attacks like this lion's gonna you know swipe in front of it so we want to position ourselves like four spaces away from its head because it's going to try and do this and it would be detrimental if it did this so these yeah. kind of things like play and there's a uh, different like big aoe's and stuff where it's like there's this antelope that charges forward so you kind of want to really get... classic like western rpg mechanics put into the board game yeah and then there's um other things with the building phase when it's like the uh antelope is weak maybe the lion is weak to piercing to daggers and swords and spears and the antelope is weak weak to clubs and and you know maces and stuff like that so you learn that you see that in the antelope's deck it has like higher critical chances for blunt weapons and then maybe when you go back to the settlement you start to build these uh, like a blunt weapon set and you you say like we're better and we're smarter and we can um, much easier, much more easily deal with the randomness of these dice rolls if we're going into this fight knowing its attacks beforehand, knowing that it's weak to blunt weapons and stuff like All that. Right. So there is a high level of like choice, and there's a lot of... And I think the more interesting and probably the most ultimately interesting aspect of the game is the going back to the settlement, um, make sitting around the table and making these horrible choices where the game is just going to hit you with these things of like are you guys cannibals uh, or do you guys revere the dead kind of stuff like that and seeing the people's choices around the table of like well it's a hard environment maybe we really do need to hack up the corpses and stuff like that and then someone's yeah, like yeah. i absolutely don't agree with that i don't want to do that every time you've said settlement i've imagined the settlement from dark souls 2 what is that majula yeah yeah i've imagined that spot every time because it's such a peaceful but still kind of eerie spot to kind of collect yourself in that game um i've got two i think i think that i have two final questions on kingdom death monster um one is how easily or like what differentiates this from a video game because this is a game podcast that now includes 
um, board games to the exclusion of video games. And it used to be a video game podcast. And I'm wondering, like, no, the way no, you're we're, talking dude, about we're, it. We, it doesn't say what's the deal with video games. We are what's the deal with games. Listen. Oh, that's true. Um, but we used we used to mostly focus on video games. It's not important, anyways. It's been but, a life. But, it's been um, a real life. I mean, I mean, like this. The Kingdom Death certainly marks a bizarre pinnacle in this new adventure that I have set for myself. Like I have a gloom. Uh, I have Gloomhaven campaigns going on. Dude, I, I have a Charterstone campaign going on with my family and my LTCP. Don't let and, me forget my questions. Let me ask them. How easily translated to video games are these board games? I mean. When you're describing them, it's easy for to, me to imagine, oh, positioning, crafting, character customization, some scripted events, some random events, dice rolls happen behind the scenes in video games all the time. What is your favorite thing or what is the what is the important thing that differentiates this from a video game? Is it the ability to bring it to like a social setting? To yeah, have it you, literally you, you on nailed the table? it beforehand. Is that that's the main thing? Um, Otherwise, I, you think that this could be a video game, or is there more to? I mean, that's awesome, and that's definitely enough for me. You get to play with your friends, your your mom, your girlfriend. Like, you get to see the pieces. All that stuff is like really cool. But is there anything else that is like strictly available, to, uh, or like that this game affords because it is a board game versus? I guess that I guess that. There, there's to, to answer your question like absolutely and more so than anything uh number one the thing you said and then there is uh a also like having that physical aspect to like getting the board game looking at these beautiful pieces and Does it feel more artwork and the ownership the physical ownership the totem like there's a totemistic thing to it where where um along with the fact i mean the first thing has to be the uh, the 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 first thing I think about when I get these games is like who would have fun playing with uh, with with uh, who would I have fun playing with this who would I have fun and who would have fun playing this and like who is this for and what kind of situations and fun could be created I mean I think that the I think that the like the uh, like I like we we had um like Catan let's say in in uh in college and that was kind of a return to board games and and uh, uh, trains you know like Ticket to Ride uh, as like these uh, European uh, new wave board games that uh, were totemistic in themselves of having these interesting pieces but uh, they were a fun thing for a group to do where maybe you have some people who are non-video game inclined. So you take this new rule set that doesn't require dexterity. It doesn't require you to sit around and practice. And you just tell the people like, here's the rules. Let's go. And you play a game. And then they're like, oh, shit, like, I want to play again because I'm just realizing like how some of this stuff interacts. And then you and then more interestingly than maybe anything, you I, I have felt that it is exciting to me to physically bring my love for uh, rules, for systems, for mechanics, for synergies and interactions and world building and all these things that I like about video games, but you're able to bring it in a non- 
uh, dexterity way that doesn't require my sister to like log on to a PC and uh, and do. And then at the same time they are doing this, you're having the experience of sitting around and like drinking or chatting or you're not looking at a screen and talking to someone uh, who's in the room across from you uh, while you're not looking at them or you're not looking at a screen and talking through Twitch as we are now. You are oh, physically... God looking up and seeing, you know, friends and loved ones and you're looking at the faces they make or the delight of they they make when they do something good or intelligent or or they realize something. They realize that like, oh, I can build out a synergy and make a win condition in this way. And those are the things that I love. So it's a way that yeah. like like I as I a, a longtime, you know, video game player, the stuff that I value that keeps me interested, like if I'm just sitting around talking over dinner or something, I don't get that stimulation of one of the things that I love the most in this world is like hearing rules, seeing how they fit together, finding my own way, dealing with what is randomly being thrown at me to make the most the most of it. And that's what I love about video games. And now here's a way for me to uh, get people I love to enjoy that and experience that and I can watch them across the table as they have these emotions um, and then the second thing is what I said the totemistic aspect of like you buy this game and you think to yourself like I bought Citadels which is a fantastic you know game to bust out for the people who aren't going to want to sit down and play hours and uh, you know gloss over these complicated kingdom death rules or gloomhaven which i don't think is as complicated but it's still frustrating for um people that can't really like deal with a lot being thrown at them at once you give them that you you bust out this board game and is a vehicle for fun as a vehicle to uh be able to have the conversations you would normally have but whenever conversation stagnates or there isn't conversation you have this ultimate goal that you are working towards that you are playing against each other or playing with each other and you're talking about strategies or what's going on or what you want to do and then you're like oh yeah by the way uh what happened at work last week and it, and it allows me Wonderful. as someone who like maybe doesn't always have like an attention span if i'm not being like uh mentally like challenge like challenged a little bit you know what i mean like challenged with my yeah. my thoughts like i love that like it like typically if my sister is over and my sister i i love deeply um we don't you know like the something my sister and my mom would want to do is like hey come downstairs and watch uh the bachelor with us and it's like yeah i can watch the bachelor and you know hang out and drink wine with you guys but that's not really like me like i i, I like to be progressing in things. I like to be uh, thinking about puzzles, and that's something that can, like, draw my attention. So this is something that, like, for the first time in a long time, without, you know, just being at a dinner or something, last Tuesday, it was my mom, my sister, and my girlfriend, and we sat down for hours and hours and hours from, World's like... Collide, man. We, 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 we sat down from, like, 7 to almost 11 o'clock, uh, like 1130, um, you know, playing this board game. And it allowed us to have a good time and catch up with each other and have fun. Um, but also in times where maybe like, you know, my girlfriend doesn't, hasn't spent a lot of time with them and maybe could have moments of like, where if we're just sitting around eating, maybe there'd be quietness or like, oh, so, um, you know, what do you want to do and stuff like that? Or, or let me yeah, ask yeah. you a question. <laughs> like it's a little bit more stilted, but here it, it gives you this ultimate like, 
whenever there's no conversation about yourselves, it gives you this ultimate thing of like, oh, wow, I just drove this card and it's allowing me to do this. And then people are like, wow, you should do that and do this together. And then they're having this alternate conversation that is getting themselves more comfortable uh, talking and sitting down next to them and understanding their, you know, their quirks and how they they talk and what they like and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, there's, no, this, there's no change. There's this no huge empty space. Thing. Yeah, there's no empty space there, and it the it game, is the glue. Yeah, the game and the uh, just being together in person definitely facilitates a meaningful way of filling uh, the space there. Yeah, that sounds great. That's a great answer. I feel like that so perfectly. If I hadn't already thought of it, made me want to ask this second question, which is: Does your mom? Well, specifically, I want to know about your mom, but I guess everyone. Does anyone play the role in the game in any sense that they play in real life? Um, like, like, you are definitely the person that plays the most games. You're probably, like, kind of in charge of the game. So I wonder if that translates to the way you play. Or, like, I mean, is your I, mom, I, like... I am mom the person is, like, that has the rule book in my hand like i look up the rules when people ask questions or if i don't know yeah more meaning more meaningfully though like your mom is your mom she's your sister's mom she's the mom in the house she's like probably more like she's not as used to games or anything like in this world gaming and fantasy probably right i'm wondering like does she kind of be that character in the game or does it bring something out of her, I mean, like, is she I, is she the berserker or is she like, hey guys, we should learn how to cook. We should take care of ourselves. <laughs> like I took care of all of you. Like I'll protect. Oh Kirby, I'll protect. Or I guess she doesn't call you that. Oh, I'll protect you, my half blood prince. My son. Um, I haven't played this with her, nor do I imagine playing with her. But uh, I oh, am playing Charterstone, play? which is a. Uh, oh my bad. I thought you. Thought you were. I haven't played this game yet. I'm putting it together. I got really? it. To, I got it this to this morning. The fuck? And I was putting the. And I spent the last couple of hours. Dude, what? What? I did not. Was that obvious? Um. I mean, I showed you that I was building the pieces. I literally can't play it yet. I just. Oh. Yeah. I, mean, I just before I went on the pieces, podcast, but... I finished the first starting four figures and the starting boss thing. So now wow. I could actually play it. Okay. But I kind of guess... want to build the next couple things to get like ahead of the game. Yeah, the way you were talking about it. I mean, really I know a lot about itself. it. I've been I've been researching yeah. it. I, I, I dropped $400 on this thing. I, I, I researched it a little bit. Holy, really? Yeah. That's like the regular price? Yeah. How long does it last? Years. You can play it for years? Um, Yeah, I mean, like uh, a lantern year itself in the game takes about an hour or so, and you're going to have like 30, 40 of them, but you're going to die and start back at the beginning a lot. So, uh, oh, wow. you know, like, it, it can be a long-ass campaign. It is, it is not a thing that you sit down and break out and, you know, finish in a sitting, and you're like, yep, did it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so, like, it's over 30 hours, 50, 60. Well over. Well, well, well over hundreds. I mean, Gloomhaven wow. itself is, okay. like, something... Gloomha- so, Gloomhaven has these... Uh, hidden figures and boxes and you spend time trying to unlock them uh i will just tell you like i have like over 20 like 
thir- over 30 or so hours in Gloomhaven, Mason, nor Mason, nor have I been able to unlock one of the boxes. And there's like 11, I think there's like 17 classes and six start out. So there's 11 uh, unlockable classes that we don't, we literally don't know what they do, what they are. When we open up the box, what's the figurine that comes out um, and stuff like that. Like we have spent a lot of time playing that. And I would say this game is longer campaign wise than Gloomhaven. Well, so these games, these games are, you got some long games. These are serious games. Yeah, there's something you, you trudge be, around. You do have to be choosy with who you get into it with, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, actually, uh, Kingdom Death allows for drop-in, drop-out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah uh, the the Lantern you... years themselves are completely um, separated. Like, you, you are able to do a boss fight with a group of people and then maybe go to the settlement phase and decide like well what do we go back what are we learning what are people thinking about what how is our civilization kind of coming along and then you can stop pack it up and then you can go to another group uh, another time and be like all right this is what happened this is what's happening so far we're going to fight this okay. new boss uh, and we're going to go back to the settlement so like the the lantern years themselves are contained um yeah. gloomhaven you know, is a little I, bit harder to do that with and uh charterstone i would say is goddamn near impossible in a lot of ways like charterstone is a game that is very specifically built to be like you got a group of in mind and you go and that it's got to be that group and they and they can't switch players they are is that it player. long what is it so long as well um i would say it is approximately 40 hours okay so it's still a commitment for people um you know i know you said that you had watched playthroughs of kingdom death monster monster but i the whole time and this is the problem with you know being in different rooms we can't see each other we can't truly communicate and it's hurting us because i was imagining your table in your dining room with you and priya and megan and jan playing the whole time you were describing the rules and things that can happen. And I was like, wow, this looks so fun in my mind, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, I think it is really fun. Like Charterstone, despite spending all this money on like Kingdom Death and Gloomhaven, I would actually like tell you an insane thing. And that is that Charterstone itself is $40, $40 for that. And it might be the one that I'm experiencing that I'm having the most fun with because it is in itself a very simple game. It's the kind of game where you can take a non-initiated you know, initiated person that's like, maybe they don't play board games, maybe they don't play games at all, maybe they don't know how to deal with the kind of like gaming the game and system mechanics and, you know, keeping all these rules in mind. And you can, and you can hit them with it. And like, I, like I, 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 for example, my sister, uh, her first experience with Charterstone was this Tuesday. And... We explain the rules and we explain like, uh, you know, we, we catch her up kind of in a more complicated fashion to get her in. And now she kind of can't ever get out because she's in. So we have to keep playing with that group of four. And we explain the rules and she's looking at me like, OK, this is a uh, this is too much. This is a you you got you are being classic, Ryan. You have gotten this experience <laughs> and only you can enjoy it because this is just, you know, some nerd shit. And a couple of, you know, rounds in, she's starting to get it. And by the end of the game, like, she understands. But the cool thing about Charterstone is that it introduces new mechanics every time you play. So, 
like we're suddenly starting to see how people are um you know building out and my sister won it was her first game and and my 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 ltcp and my mom had played before and i won the first round but my sister won the second round having first started and she just you know you know over time was like i see i'm i'm feeling a little bit less stupid now and you know learning over time to the point where she was like i get it like i'm i i i know how to make a machine i know how to how to mine this for resources i know how to be smart about this and do what i need to do and it was really cool to see and uh <clears throat> so i think that is in itself a really cool experience to to see these people slowly understanding i think that's why i've like charterstone is like i got to play with these people who are the most removed like with gloomhaven it's like i really feel more comfortable playing with um mason and you know kevin and alex or whatever and they kind of get it like they they can be explain these things and they're they're familiar with these fantasy tropes and you throw all these rules at them and they kind of like they 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 perk up they think they're already thinking about how they can game the system and stuff like that they know how to play and with charterstone it is a simple fun beautiful elegant easy game that is a, a masterwork in production value it is goddamn gorgeous it is beautiful it is unbelievably cute the way it goes you get this rule book and the rule book is missing tons of rules so you, when you start on your first game, there's not that many rules because the rule book is mostly empty. And it's easy to explain to people like, hey, you can't really make smart moves this first game. Like, we really can't do a whole lot. And then as you play the game, there's this index that you are pulling from. And it's telling you, pull this card from the index. And when you complete what it's telling you on the card, uh, put this rule down, um, uh, you know, uh, stick it onto stick it onto this pl- spot in the rule book. And pull out another rule, another card to like start working at. So over time, it's not like it's interesting how it is a not it's a beautiful, elegant thing where you can get anyone interested in it because it starts off so, you know, kind of simple and boring almost. And then you're unlocking these rules. So, you know, things make sense in the new beginning because it's easy. And then you unlock a rule and it's like, that's a little interesting. I wonder how I use that. And you keep going and you got a handle on that rule and it doesn't feel like the game is too overcomplicated yet. And then they hit you another rule. And then they're like, well, now this is going to throw a wrench into it. So the next time you play, there's this whole new mechanic, this whole new thing going on. And now people are going to be a little bit off balance again with like, how do we deal with this? And how does this how does this work? And I and I, I really like that. I really I love the aspect of this game where it's not every rule up front. You don't have to teach everything up front. The game itself is hand holding you. It's to, it's get, giving you a tutorial by giving you a bare bones rule th- kind of thing. And uh, you know also the the whole concept. It's a worker placement game. You're you're going to you're placing your person in the mines. You're getting one steel. And you you pick up that little steel resource, and then you go over to another place and you spend the steel. And I think that is a you know it's not fantasy, it's not uh, violence, it's not killing and gaining experience. It's um it's more easily understood by I think all parties. It's it's easier for children, for parents, for people who are maybe not wanting to play Kingdom Death because it's like tits and death and blood and gore and and like you know bloat flies and you know you know, all awful, awful looking, grotesque things. Um, you, know, you know, I think that is a thing that is a harder sell and then it hits people with all these rules. But Charterstone is this beautiful little elegant thing that anyone can get into. These cute little characters and cute little cards and cute little artwork. And all it is is you're placing your workers on things and getting resources and spending the resources. 
How many people play Charterstone at a time? Uh, two to six. What's the most fun? Six. I would say wow, game, really? games are... I would say uh, uh, games do have a good uh, middle ground of like, is it better to play with two? Is it better to play with six? I would say Charterstone is better to play with six. The rounds are ultra fast. They can be ultra fast. You can have an idea of what you want to do and players don't really screw you over. So you can kind of just keep doing the thing you want to do um, and your your plans won't be like completely kaput in any way that you have to like rethink about your plan. So as it's going around the table, you can kind of be thinking, this is what I want to do. It gets to your turn. Yep, I want to place my worker here. I definitely need a steal. You place your worker, pick up a steal, other players turn. That's it. That's all you can do. So the, the rounds can go fast. But then um, having more, as the players are playing the game, they're building resources and they're getting these uh, unlockable like loot crate kind of things. And you're putting these new cards in their hand that's saying you can build a new thing. And when they build it, it changes the entire game from a base level because now all of a sudden they're going to put down a sticker on the game and say, this is a new place, you guys, that everyone on the board is allowed to go to, not just me. And suddenly players around the board look at it and they're like, oh, shit, that's a really good thing. Like that, that is a new way to use a resource or a new way to get a resource that is going to change the game. Now I can suddenly think about new strategies based on what this other person did. So I think it is a game that... Uh, works better with more players because then you can, you know, develop. Every player is developing their thing, which in turn is creating new strategies. The le- the less players you have, if you only have two players, you can think about two players are stickering their their own. You know, uh, they're building their own uh, like little buildings and stuff like that that can be used and gain resources or trade resources for some some certain things. But it's a smaller thing, so you have less. Um, uh, options at a time. The more players you play with, the more options the entire table would have. The more uh, subtly complex the game would get as it's going. You know. I hear you. But it's something that, like, I, I would. I like it. I it's know. the it's the easiest thing for me to say. Like, listen, if you got a group of like four friends or something, or you got a, you got some people that maybe you haven't hung out with yet, but you're like, hey, I hung out with them, hang out with them at work. Maybe I should do this. I think this is the easiest thing of all time. Forty bucks by Charterstone. Say like, you know, once a week, every two weeks oh, or wow, something, we'll yes. meet, we'll play an hour or so of Charterstone, and slowly we'll like build it up, and and over time it'll be our game, and the game itself will be changed by our choices. And I think that's a really uh, easy sell for the amount of money. Um, you can also buy a recharge pack for like 10 bucks that allows you to play the game again, gives you all the stickers all over again in case you used them. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm interested. That, that, was, that was a good sell on that. I think I want to play it because I'm missing, I'm missing out on that. You know, I, I've never played a longer game or a game that you return to with people, but I've always had fun playing uh, session games that last like tops hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's also the game is also very nice about winning and losing to the point where like losers get some pretty valuable resources going into the next game. So you don't really feel like you're behind, losers. you know? Losers sit on the other side of the table. Losers get served last. Losers get the warm beer. Um, have Losers you played any get... games? Have you played Dead Cells or Overwatch? Because that's what I've been playing, like, in addition to the ubiquitous Dragon Ball Fighters. 
um, have not played. You know, Overwatch much. has that uh, PVE expansion thing or the PVE event right now. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, there's I a um, PVE Overwatch event. Uh, they did this last year. Um, with it's a different. I loved it last year. It's a different. It's a totally different thing. It's a totally different map and everything. Like the last one happened on whatever it is, like King's King's Row or whatever, and uh, it um, was about a about fighting point, robots. A, a yeah, a fight lore wise that happened in Overwatch, and you played as four set characters or played as you know if you wanted to make a team of four different characters, but the set characters were pretty well balanced for this event and you fought these incoming waves and protected areas and did stuff like that. So this year they did it again, um, different lore event based off the, uh, offshoot, the group in overwatch that was like the, um, uh, you know, black, the, 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 the called black watch, like kind of like the darker side of overwatch that like, didn't always do things legally and um kind of did they were the uh machiavellian group that was like the you know gotta get things done at all cost and it's the secret organization that people know about overwatch and overwatch plays by the rules but then they had this sub organization blackwatch that was people who would like do anything at any cost so this is a four-player cooperative um a PVE mission in Venice, Italy, where you are escaping uh, from these hordes of enemies that are gunning you down. It's humans this time that work for this like gang organization, this like crime family, and uh, it's really fun. It's super fun. The uh, four characters that are in the base version are McCree, uh, Reaper, Moira, and Genji uh, of Blackwatch. And uh, that's really fun. I'm sure you enjoy that a lot. It's always yeah. fun to play the PvE things of Overwatch because I feel like they're a good way to jump in and play with a character you like and not feel like you're bad or anything and not lose yeah, to people who game. play a million hours. Just fresh experience. Yeah. Not a lot of working together like that. Not a lot of AI like that. That's very cool. No, I haven't played Overwatch this week, so I did not catch that yet. But I'm still, I'm still heated up. I'm so warm on Overwatch. Still a game in my mind. It's so good one to return to for me right now still. Uh, I've been playing a good amount of Slay the Spire again. There was oh, a yeah? Weekend. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Saturday. I think I played like three runs in a row um, to varying success. So it's not like over an hour each time, but probably played for like two two hours or so. Um, and I played a little bit yesterday as well. I can't finish the third act with the silent, silent. Oh, that was the one I, that was the first one i finished with i just can't get there i've tried different strategies i felt lucky at times um i don't know i mean there there is obviously a level of rng like you don't know what boss you're gonna get that definitely matters but um you know as as much as every other thing like relics and card selection um but I, I don't know. I've I've had I felt really good about some of my runs and some of my strategies and the way things were coming together. But I just couldn't get it in the finish. Um, but I I did after our last podcast beat the third. Like I beat it. I cleared a run with. Um, I always forget. Their no names. ironclad. Yeah, the ironclad. Their names are not memorable. They are I, working I, on the third character. By the way, that is uh, hugely exciting to me. 
I'm really ready for that. That'll be that's gonna be crazy. That's yeah, I know. Think up. about all the the addition to the, the how what a big addition to the game that would be. All the new cards, Huge. all the new strategies. Like, how Huge. does this work? Yeah. Huge. Um, I'm gonna play hours and hours with that I character know. just to like see the cards that they have and the the unique strategies. I'm ready. But I did an ironclad run and I cleared it with a strength strategy, which is what I was talking about that I wasn't able to do and that James said he liked. So it was cool like a day or two later to clear a run with a similar strategy, like one that I hadn't tried before. It felt satisfying. I always take a screenshot of that last hit. Uh, you feel like- It feels oh, good. Yes. You're right. Dude, did it. And also like at that point, you are, if you're clearing the run, you, you are, are so badass crazy. that you're unbeatable. You are stacked up on like crazy things going on. It's like, oh, if I get to like one first turn, second turn, third turn, I'm like, my relics are popping off right now. I've got like three hot ones going every turn. Um, yeah, it's insane. You get to the point where it's like you're playing cards. like 15 cards a turn, just constantly yeah. drawing. You have like a yeah, million or, energy. Yeah, or like if not, like, yeah, you have something huge. You have like, oh, I have 10 energy every turn. I have infinite card draw. I have things for zero mana. I have like something multiplying. Like my strength was just like multiple. It was going up by like three every turn. And then it was doubling like every other turn. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, anyways, just you you know the feeling even if, if you haven't played the same cards or had the same run just the excitement that things came together is always nice but, that, but that's what been... that's what makes me want to play it really is because yeah. i was talking to you about it last week is like the you see these relics or you see these cards and you think like i want to build a whole deck around that and sometimes you can't but if you keep playing like maybe you can start building in a certain way and get lucky and then get even more lucky and stuff like that and you get to the point where it's like oh my god i'm getting to see in action how broken this card is if it has a million things going for it yeah yeah that's how i felt about my heavy blade with like 20 strength strength modifies that times three times five when it's upgraded oh oh no it's huge yeah And, and then like vulnerability on top it's like you do so much but um yeah that game is great i just yeah you that recommendation you really nailed it because it is my type of game for sure. Yeah. I, all I remember when I was recommending to people, it was the, it's one of the hardest recommendations. It's the charter stone of, of games right now for me, where it is just like, listen, don't, don't even, like, you shouldn't need to hear me say the rest of the sentence. Go buy the goddamn game. Just, you will like it. Just please go buy the right goddamn now. game. It is, it is probably like my second game of the year if not maybe even my first game of the year at the moment and i would be astonished if especially at the rate that they're they they are making new patches every week last week they made um like they recently made like daily quests and stuff like that and they uh made a seed patch so you and i could play on the same seed and like play together almost cooperative not cooperatively but like on on twitch we we could be like what Oh, we compare what's going on. Yeah, we could because it would be a seed that would that would set you up with the exact fights and starts and the exact everything to begin with. The exact, uh, well, yeah, I mean, like it would set you up with the exact 
same starter thing. So it'd be like the same uh, uh, routes through the dungeon and all that. So we could be playing and be like, oh, I took the route where I'm on the boss and I'm fighting the boss and I got this relic. And you're like, oh, that was dangerous. I didn't want to do that. I went to the merchant route and stuff like that. Oh, or okay. So you'd be how, able to play how? the same seed and see like who could get further or who could win or who would do better. Assuming we stopped at the same uh, fight node, we would fight the same monsters, right? Yeah, it would be. And then would we pick the same from the same three cards as a prize? We would we get the same amount of gold? Um, I don't know how deep it goes in on that. Um, Or or, and I I also don't know what the we can diverge paths. But I wonder if the the question marks themselves roll in the beginning of the seed or they roll as you hit them. You know? Yeah, because I'm like thinking like, okay, we can diverge paths, but kind of what makes it seem more connected and more interesting to me is if you're on the same node, then you should have the same experience. Minus like, you know, RNG of like your your card draw, you know. Yeah. Right. But but any 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 choices are the same. Same selections. Because otherwise like how it's hard to imagine what it would do if it didn't go all the way with that. I am. It would, have to, it would have to be like treasure chests and shops and question marks and maybe not card selection, but at least like fights and prizes. I am so excited about that new character, man. What's the word on it? Anything? Um, they haven't said anything. They said that in internal playtesting, it's almost done. What do you think it's going to be like? I don't know. I would assume like a mage, right? Yeah, but what does that mean? Are we gonna have like a healer? Are we gonna have a healer? A, wouldn't be that fun. A different type of status effector. A healer wouldn't be very fun because it's just like different block. Maybe more. I don't know. I guess no. Maybe I guess more, maybe more. I guess AOEs it does function like differently, different right? Like if you had low health and instead of Dude. blocking, you were more focused on like healing yourself up Blood at mate. the end of turn. Then it would Blood be. A, then it would function differently because you take Blood more damage mage. but have like more blood yeah yeah blood mage you know what i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be an elementalist i mean that's that was my thought is like an elementalist come on synergies between elements or strength focusing on a single element status effects or buffs from yeah like a fire with do burns yeah or like ice on ice on ice you freeze a guy you ice up the floor you start skating around Yes, exactly. This is exactly the kind of game where you would be skating around. Third character is the snowboard kid. Uh, yes, the the snowboard the ab- kid. It's a sport. It's a, it's the sport mage, ball mage. <laughs> Wait, hold on, ball mage like at basketballs, it dunks really hard on. <laughs> yeah, or like tennis, or just um, a big football. chaos dunk. It leaps into the air and then flies downwards, and Space Jam plays, and it slams yeah. in and does decimating. Chaos dunk to the entire boss. Chaos yeah, dunks man. away the boss. Yeah, the ball mage. The ball Sweet. mage. Well, is it in real life? We have ball mage. It's not really a fantasy thing. Like if you think about it, like who? Like uh, Steph Curry is a ball mage. I don't know that name. Uh, how about Shaquille O'Neal or or Michael name. Jordan? They're ball mages. I think um, LeBron James. LeBron is James, the, one of the coolest ones right now. He's a blood He's... mage. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. I don't know anything about sports, but I assume he uses. I assume LeBron James uses his own blood to make the ball uh, slipper, slipperier, so oh. people can't block it. 
Holy shit, that's crazy. I was thinking that maybe when he grabs the ball, he like pushes some of his blood into it and it gives it a certain power. It gives it an energy um, that he shares. They have an affinity for each other. They're connected. They're so they're the ball comes back to him itself. in a way. Like it try, like it tries to. It feels better in his hand. Certain characters feel a strange sensation when they characters um, players uh, feel a strange sensation when they touch the ball. Well, it depends like on burnt. the type of ball wizardry you do. Because if he has an if you have an affinity that's the exact opposite of the blood ball mage, like if you're a life ball mage and you touch the ball, then the ball will slip out of your hands. But that's why the Yo. life ball, the druids. The Dryads, the Celtics, the Celtics have a have a team that is primarily made of life ballers, and the life ballers, when they touch it, moss grows over it, which allows it to stick better to their hand or their teammate's hand. But it makes it so the ball is harder to hold and lumpier for the the other people. Like maybe the the uh, calves are the blood mages. Wow, this is how sports could be. Interesting. This is how deep they could go. This is I come I know people are having they're having a hard time getting people to watch baseball, but I think if they introduce some sort of RPG element to baseball like this, um, that it would be uh, hugely satisfying to my generation. Like, uh, yeah, like you'd have uh, different pitchers that that have like elemental affinities, and certain people like would be like, well, this we have a water batter coming up, and the pitcher is fire, and the water batter gets to get four strikes rather than three they can strike out more because they have a strength but maybe the earth oh, batter okay. comes up and the earth batter can only fire just... emblem style yeah 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 wow, he's not that's not a bat that's an axe yeah and then the 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 um yeah the uh pitcher uses a lance he la- he he throws maybe the pitcher uses like a lacrosse stick which is like a sports lance and they 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 are able to use that lance to hurl it but then there's people who have different types of bats or axes or swords that have an that have like a counter to them like you have the countering type of bat that is like well yeah. of course I can deal with with the lance or if you also have a lance yourself, maybe you're holding the lacrosse ball. It completely changes the game because now if you have the lacrosse stick, you can catch the ball. You have the ball on you. Now the entire team has to rush forward and stop you because you're not – you didn't hit the ball anywhere. You have the they ball. They don't wear gloves. They have small leather shields. Yeah, they and then they bl- – that's how you, you bunt it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe that's, that's how you use blunt weaponry. You use a mace like you always bunt. Yo, every time – Yo, man, every time this game I steal the ball from LeBron, I get itchy, and I see him looking at me. Do you think? Do you think he's a poison ball mage? The blood mage. Do you think he is the blood mage? When I touched the basketball, I felt my platelets seeping into it. What? My plasma <laughs> leaking from my body. It is. He oh, is man. truly the, the legendary blood mage. <laughs> the, blood, the legendary ball mage LeBron. Yo, I don't even know if I should say this out loud, but after the game, I reached into my pocket and I had all these tickets. <laughs> and then I went to LeBron James I, and he gave me he gave me a small uh, inflatable plastic ball. And he said, yo, man, thanks for the platelets. You're help- yo, man, thanks for your donation of platelets, your unwilling donation of platelets. You're helping children like Raffello who has leukemia. Ruffalo. He's six years old. <laughs> Ruffello? Yeah. 
That's one of the so that's one of the characters fancy, that whenever I go donate game. blood, they always give me a thing that says Raffello is six and he has leukemia. Please help him. <laughs> well, at least you know that each time you go back, he's still there. He's Even still getting he stronger. Still... Who knows no, if Raffello still... still exists to this day, though? Maybe they just keep using his face. Maybe Ugh. you know what would be brutal is they is they use Ugh. these people that are like this person needed uh, four donations of platelets to survive or something. But if they were like they didn't. This is a face of someone who didn't have enough blood, and they didn't have the su- the supply, and they did not make it. Don't oh, wow. allow there to be more of this face. This face will haunt you, like a like a dead person. Yeah, a photo like a, a photo, photo of a of, of a of a deceased they, someone who has passed died. on from this world because people were not kind enough to donate. Man, you're already you're already there. I feel like that doesn't not set the mood when you're like, I think I'll volunteer. I'm here, and then they're like. <laughs> this is what happened when you didn't come here before today. Yeah, but then it keeps you going back. Then you're like, oh my god, I can't uh, see a new face. I have to go back next week. Because they send you, they send you photos. Yeah. What if? Start, what if that's what they did? They, they just constantly sent. What if they just sent you a? Oh my god! Imagine if New York Blood uh, Center just sent you a packet that had all these photos, and some of them were crossed off, and that there was no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like or, <laughs> no they, explanation to that. Man, they send you a final letter, like um, you know, like prisoners on death row. They can they can write like a final. Thing. Well, they get their they final, final meal. They make their, their final meal. They can make a statement, I think, that gets recorded. Because I remember reading some of these in the past. So maybe uh, maybe it would be like that. You like Raffello get... says to you, Oh, I know you were too busy. I know you had to put together your Kingdom Death pieces. Um, you, yeah, it's you okay. You get a letter in the mail. Yeah, it's his, it's his last letter. I guess today's my, my last day since you didn't come. I, we Here's really missed you last week photo of me it'll be the last one heavy wow geez how did we get because of kingdom death this is kingdom death dude i don't this is too much for me poor raffello no raffello is a survivor i believe in him i believe that with the dice the right dice rolls and the proper in the appropriate supply of blood he'll be able to learn face painting which will give him the, the attribute of berserker. Do they share with you their aspirations? Raffello wants to be a baseball. <laughs> In the big game. He <laughs> wants to be the main baseball. Weird. It's a weird thing for, for a little kid to want. but <laughs> Well, who's going to tell him no? He's got leukemia. <laughs> Raffello, you can't be a baseball. You're going to tell me that? <laughs> Don't hold him back. My dream is to be a baseball. That feels like this should be the end of this podcast. We've gotten down probably one of the weirdest roads we have gotten in a while. Um, yeah, that was a that was a finisher. That was a kingdom death. Finisher does six damage for each attack that you've played. Yes, it is finisher. That card seems better than it is the first time you put it in your deck. Not if you're a shiv, shiv build. Oh wow. Yeah, that's nice. if if you're a shiv build, then you get um, that shiv like the fan of knives or whatever, where you start off every round with two zero cost shivs, and then you also you can oh, do that multiple times, and you can make that, that an innate card if you if you uh, boost it. 
So it starts off in your hand, and every round, you, I, I ended up having, like, multiple ones. So every round, I would start off with four shivs. And then I also had, like, cloak and dagger, and that gives you, uh, I believe, um, six armor and gives you a shiv. So you're, yeah. you're doing these things where it's, like, you're creating all these zero-cost shivs. And then at the same time, you have stuff like uh, blur, and blur gives you one armor for every cards you play this turn and then you can play t- tons of shivs for free uh poison the enemy based on da- doing damage that is non-blocked and at the end of the, the round play finisher and hit like 20 times you're doing it all you just drew the perfect hand love it um if you want to draw the perfect hand every single time then there's only one thing you've got to do and that is subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That's WTDG Podcast on iTunes. We're also on Twitter or something like that. You can find them at us at WTDGpodcast.com, I believe, on the internet. Um, uh, please uh, go to your iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe, uh, or send us fan mail like the Russian bot or legendary uh, blood, blood baller Yaganisk um, uh, if you want to uh, be reborn as yourself because you know what we always say here uh you are not yourself until you listen to the podcast then you are reborn um yeah. uh and i want to thank ryan galway and crying for the use of your music we use the intro and outro revive off the new album beyond the fleeting gales uh, you can find them at the room for Bandcamp. uh sean it is uh in fact not a new album he tells me this every single time i say it uh but i can't change it now and that's when we come to the final statements, the conclusion. Every podcast, we say something that wraps it all up in one sentence. How do we wrap this podcast up? We don't really do that, but this time we are. And Sean, I wrap listened, it up. I listened to Revive last night when I was uh, getting ready to dun, go to dun, sleep. Dun, 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 that song dun, rules. It's so good. I listened to it in bed last night. I was like, this is so good. And it's making me think of the podcast, too, which is awesome. And I just want to say closing statement if the Russian robot sends me a fan letter even if I know it's the robot I will write back take that as you will I'm Sean the collector I am K Groove the the crafter of survivors the the spark of the lantern in the darkness in the great abyss Shout out to James Mason, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Mace Capone, the terror masseuse. <laughs> It'll never Sorry, not get me. be with us today. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, do you think? What? Do you think he would, he'll listen to our episode? I don't, I don't know. So. Maybe. Oh, I would love it. I hope so. On the train in the morning. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Skipping ahead, like, oh, God, when do they stop talking about platelets and they <laughs> start Jesus. talking about Jesus, I go, I'm away for one week and oh, this, God, this thing like, oh, crumbles. It's not Pokemon. even about video games anymore. <laughs> the Pokemon card stuff, just like 15 seconds, 15 seconds. Skipping ahead, like oh no! He just you just start skipping ahead this so far. I mean, that's how people make it to the end of the podcast. I assume is like they're listening and they're like, "I'm not interested in this," and then they skip and they skip and they skip and they're like, an "Still later. not interested." They're not talking about anything <laughs> interesting, and then they get to the very end and we're like, "All right, we're wrapping it up. We just don't have it yet." Yeah, but we still have. We still get a ticket for every completed uh, run. Even I wonder if, if there's any. There's probably people who only listen to me say. Uh, 
March or April the 12th be with you. And then after that, uh, they listen to the end and I say, we just don't have it yet. And that's all they know because the middle of the podcast is so goddamn boring. (laughs) It's possible. There could be someone out there. They might be collecting um, all. You should do a just like one after the other. Every soundbite of you saying day the day be with month the day be with you and it should be for the one year anniversary this year on may 5th i want to hear it i want to hear last year's may the 5th be with you do you know that it where this is episode 199 sean shit wow what do we oh wow that's amazing that's a lot of episodes yeah next week is 200 200th episode anniversary what is that? What are we going to do? We're going to do something special. Oh, yeah, totally. It'll be live, and you'll see our faces. Well, the, the we'll thing is that the podcast is always live. It's just no one else is in the Twitch chat. What if we reveal our identities? We're going to do it in front of a live audience. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to hear who you really are, Sean, the collector, Killian. Oh, no! 